Hello and welcome back to The Woods, a podcast about the legendary... No, I have no idea what it's about anymore. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) It's been like three weeks. Sandy, help me out. (laughs) A podcast about the mysterious, the legendary, and the plain weird. Oh yeah. (laughs) Thanks for the refresher. No problem. Oh my gosh. Um, hi listeners. Uh, it's been a while. Wait, who are you? I, oh yeah. Um, I'm Shazne. <laughs> and I'm Sandy. Oh. Yeah. Um, thanks for putting up with me. Sandy. Are you talking to me? Oh. <laughs> and the listeners for my uh, flakiness. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Like, as much as I missed you, I did enjoy recording with my siblings. It was super fun, and I think we would all do it again. Yes. They were fun to listen to as well. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. I. They were... Oh, there's an airplane flying over my house. I live close to an airport now, so there's tons of airplanes all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that, honestly, like, some podcasts, like, the ones where it's family members recording together are, like, some of the best ones, because you already have this amazing, comfortable dynamic with each other. Yeah. That it just, like, goes so smoothly in conversation, I guess. You know, like, Angela's been on the show, I guess, three times now, but, like, I know last episode recording with her, she was just a lot more comfortable, um, which is really nice. She got to be her usual self, making fun of me and Oscar, so that was, that was fun. Ten out of ten would, would do it again. Yes. But that being said, I did miss you very much. Thank you. I missed you, too. (sighs) Thank you. I don't even know what to say now. Um, it feels so foreign to be recording again. Especially since it's like 11.30 at night and I'm like drugged up on cold meds. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Oh yeah, so much fun. It's been a rough few weeks. Um, yeah, but um, listeners, last time I was on the podcast I told you guys that Like, I had that sleep paralysis with the the closet door, right? Yes. Yep. Okay, so. There's updates? Yeah, I think it was actually the night after we finished recording that. Um, So, like, later that night or the day after. I can't remember exactly. Uh, But I was up late and I was just sitting on my bed where I'm sitting right now, actually. And I was just drawing and watching a video on YouTube and literally at the corner of my eye like straight this direction I point so Sandy can see (laughs) (laughs) towards my closet doors that are like right beside my bed I literally seen a pair of legs like walk by like I seen someone walk by in my room like a pair of jeans (laughs) so I think your ghost might have moved into my house 
Well, I had to pick one. It's like British Columbia is too far away. Yeah. <laughs> I I like the prairies. We never said it was a very smart ghost. <laughs> like Angela is convinced that there's either a ghost in our house or that there's someone living inside of the walls. It's definitely someone inside the walls. She's just like, I can always hear it, like noises in the wall. I personally haven't heard anything. <laughs> Maybe it is someone inside of the walls. I don't know. I haven't had any ghostly activity since I've moved here. So I don't think the ghost followed me. That's good. Hopefully it yeah. stayed. Stayed at your old house. Yeah, or I should, like, I should contact whoever does ghost stories of Saskatchewan so I can tell them about my ghost story. Yeah. I wonder who to contact. I should look that up. Anything else you'd like to share? I'm thinking. It's been so long. Um, did you have something to say? I went to a hot topic, and I think that has been the highlight of th- this month, was that I went <laughs> to a hot topic twice. That's awesome. And it was fantastic. Um, I didn't get anything because I'm broke, but when I am not broke, you bet your bottoms I'll be going back to hot topic. I wish we had a hot topic. I don't know why, but I kept, like, I remember when Ian and I were looking at, oh, what provinces are getting a hot topic, pretty much all of the provinces except Saskatchewan, and I don't know why. Um, yeah, I honestly don't know why, because it, it, like, we have a Spencer's, and that's pretty similar. Yeah. Just come visit me, and I'll take you to all of the hot topics that I can find. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hot Topic was cooler back in, you know, 10 years ago anyway, but... I do agree. Like that. I just, I just like living in a place where I can go to more than one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I wish we had the Hot Topic from 10 years ago, or even 15 yeah. years ago, back when they had MCR stuff. <laughs> well, one of them I went to did have... A wide selection of band t-shirts I found some in this moment t-shirts and um, like there was other stuff like Hollywood and Dead a day to remember so it was pretty cool they were like all the way in the back of the store but they were there <laughs> so if I want to go stock up on my band t-shirts I know where to go yeah hmm. well I only have uh, two more shifts of my job before I quit and move away Yay! That's exciting. So when does the school year start for you? Um, After the long weekend, so it's like September 4th or something. September 5th. Okay. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like a month. Mm-hmm. That's scary. Are you nervous? I'm nervous. That's terrifying. I'm just not going to think about it. Fair enough. Um, Yeah, there's like totally other things I wanted to talk about, but I should really write these things down. Oh, I woke up on Tuesday and... Oh, okay. Here's something. Monday night, I went and I gave blood and she screwed up. And like it hurt really bad when she like put the needle in. Did you tell her? Like, she's like, oh, did that hurt? Like, I think I, I, I messed up a bit. 
Oh my god. Sadie's cringing so hard right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, oh, like, I don't, like, I'm not afraid of needles. I'm not afraid of, like, getting vaccinated or of giving blood. But, like, oh, sorry, I messed up. <laughs> it scares me. Um, I am afraid of needles. <laughs> and, like, the thought of it, like, all that, like, I get, I get it. I go donate blood and stuff. I get my, um vaccinations and everything but like i still like can't think about it or else it makes you like panic anyway um so yeah i like just about watched her do it too because like i was watching her find my vein and stuff but when she like pulled out the needle i looked away because like i don't like to see that part but i don't know it like really hurt um and then she's like, oh, I, I messed up a bit. Like, you're definitely going to bruise. Can you see my bruise, Sandy? Oh, my God. Yes, I can. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is a bruise. It's, like, so big. But my that's, that's, that's not even like a, oh, you're going to bruise a little bit. Like, no, like, that looks like someone punched you. <laughs> so, like, did she tell you what happened? Like... Did she just miss um, your vein? No, she, like, she got my vein. I'm not exactly sure in that sense what how she screwed up. But um, then, like, when it started going, uh, she's like, is it normally this slow for you? I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, I'm pretty sure I have, like, a regular, like, it's normal. Like, they've never said anything to me before. This is my fourth time going, right? Yeah. Um. So then she's like, "Oh, I'm just. It's like the the needle has like a bevel at the end or something like that." Oh. Sandy's so cringing. <laughs> just look. I'm I'm not usually sque- squeamish or squirmish, whatever. Yeah, squeamish. But yeah. I just Loki. What? Who are you growling at? Anyways, I just. Medical errors, though. Yeah. That's, that's I, what you I get, get me. I get it. Um, so, anyway, she's she's like, okay, I'm just going to try turning the needle. <laughs> so, she did. And she's like, like, is it pinching? Like, does it still hurt? I'm like, yeah, but... So, then she turns it again. And finally, like, it's actually flowing correctly and stuff. But, like... <sighs> yeah oh, oh and then to top it off so she went on her break and then this other nurse came this guy and whatever like it's going my my fingers kind of feel numb but i'm like okay whatever it's just about done and then he turns off the machine and is about to like unhook me right and, like, I can feel myself get super lightheaded. Like, I can tell that I'm about to pass out. So I, I like, tell him. I'm, like, I'm super lightheaded. So then they, like, him and this other nurse, like, go into action. And, like, they flick on the fan. And they, like, tilt my chair up. And they, like, start putting, like, cold towels on me and stuff. I've only 
given blood once and it was in high school and I was just about to tumble to the ground when my friend looked at someone and pointed at me and suddenly there was like five people running towards me lifted me onto like yeah like one of those chair bed things replacing cold towels on me like are you okay and I thought I was about to die like that's how (laughs) serious they are yeah but it's fine because then I had like a root beer and a juice box and some cookies and then a donut yeah like I don't know what happened like I ate before I went um the only thing was that I felt super tired that day like I had a good sleep and everything but I just you know it was one of those days where you wake up just feeling like tired right Um, but that's the only thing I could think of or I also read online that if you experience pain when they insert the needle like you're more likely to pass out well that's kind of what I was thinking like well you got a big bruise on your arm now so yeah no wonder you almost fainted yeah so anyway um a trigger warning for needles (laughs) And blood. <laughs> but, uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was, um... I've talked about donating blood on the podcast before. I've done that a few times now. But yeah, so that was fun. Em and I woke up, like, super sick the next day. Not because of donating blood, but... I just ended up getting a cold. Um, and when I get sick, like, I don't get fevers, but it feels like I have a fever. It's so awful. Like, I just get so achy and like can't walk around much or else I like sweat (laughs) yeah yeah anyway um this isn't a podcast about how sick I am right now so it can be (laughs) yeah it could be today we talk about Shazney's health yeah (laughs) um Oh, there is something else cool I gotta tell you, Sandy. Okay. So, I found out about this uh, brand new, like, local liquor liquor store. Okay. And they sell everything, well, just about everything, at the lowest legal price. Nice. So, I got, like, and I've tried their white wine before, but today I bought a blueberry wine. It's mead, so it's, like, made from honey. Um, I got it for like seven bucks. Nice. It's like so cheap. And they have like basically every kind of alcohol for like dirt cheap. So I'm so excited to try their stuff. Nice. It's that like, reminds me, Ian bought me some Rattlers and now I want one. They're so good. I love Rattlers. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing this weekend. Nice. At the, at the cabin. I vibe, and I respect that. <laughs> I still don't have any friends here, so it's just me drinking with Loki in the background. Honestly, that's that sounds like a great thing to do. Just crack open a book, crack open a beer, a you're good to go. A cold one with the boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you only need one boy. Loki. There's Loki. I miss Loki. Honestly, I might miss him more, but I miss you. You know what? That's fair. <laughs> I, I get it. I'm not even offended. Not a little bit. Oh my god. Okay, well, Sandy, um, 
I'll, I'll introduce our topic. Okay. okay. All right. So this week's topic, um, I needed something easy because I am so busy right now with all the stuff that recently went down. Um, so I, Sandy and I decided that uh, we were going to talk about some things that uh, we found out about some of our favorite childhood uh, forms of entertainment, I guess. <laughs> uh, so, Sandy, would you like to tell us your spooktacular story? I would love to. Um, to preface this, I do want to say that I have edited some stuff out because this story is super gory and really disturbing and I'm not reading those parts. Oh. I thought about it, but then Shazza's like, I feel sick today, and I'm like, I just feel like this would add on to that, so <laughs> I'm not going to read that. Okay. Um, also, you decide if this is true or not. This is one of my favorite creepy stories, and it scared the shit out of me. I remember when I first read it in high school, I couldn't go to sleep afterwards. Um, but also, if you do want all the gory details, go read it online yourself. You can find it anywhere. And I'd also like to put, do a trigger warning for violence and suicide and self-harm. So the story I have for you today is called Squidward's Suicide. Yes. <laughs> but not like, not like that kind of yes, but like Squidward. Ah. <laughs> uh. Anyways, I'm just going to start reading. <clears throat> I just want to start off by saying, if you want an answer at the end, prepare to be disappointed. There just isn't one. I was an intern at Nickelodeon Studios for a year in 2005 for my degree in animation. It wasn't paid, of course, most internships aren't, but it did have some perks beyond education. To adults, it might not seem like a big one, but most kids at the time would shit themselves over it. Okay, I'm an adult, and I would shit myself over working at Nickelodeon, okay? Yeah. <clears throat> now, since I worked directly with the editors and animators, I got to view the new episode's dates before they aired. I'll get right to it without giving too many unnecessary details. They had very recently made the Spongebob movie, and the entire staff was somewhat sapped of creativity, so it took them longer to start up the season. But the delay lasted longer for more upsetting reasons. There was a problem with the, the Series 4 premiere that set everyone and everything back for several months. Me and two other interns were in the editing room, along with the lead animators and sound editors for the final cut. We received a copy that was supposed to be Fear of a Crybaby Patty, which is a great episode, by the way, uh, and gathered around the screen to watch. Now, given that it isn't final yet, animators often put up a mock title card, sort of an inside joke for us, with phony, oftentimes lewd titles, such as How Sex Doesn't Work, instead of Rockabye Bivalve, also a great episode, <laughs> one of my faves. Uh, when Spongebob and Patrick adopt a sea scallop. Nothing particularly funny, but work-related chuckles. So when we saw the title card Squidward Suicide, we didn't think it more than a morbid joke. One of the interns did a small throat laugh at it. The happy-go-lucky music plays as is normal. The story began with Squidward practicing his clarinet, hitting a few sour notes like normal. We hear Spongebob laughing outside, and Squidward stops. 
and yells at him to keep it down as he has a concert that night and needs to practice. SpongeBob says okay and goes to see Sandy with Patrick. The bubble splash screen comes up and we see the ending of Squidward's concert. This is when things begin to seem off. While playing, a few frames repeat themselves, but the sound doesn't. At this point, sound is synced up with the animation, so yes, that's not common. But when he stops playing, the sound finishes as if the skip never happened. There is slight murmuring in the crowd before they begin to boo at him. Not normal cartoon playful booing that is common in the show, but you can very clearly hear malice in it. Squidward's in full frame and looks visibly afraid. The shot goes to the crowd, with Spongebob in center frame, and he too is booing, which is very much unlike him. That isn't the oddest thing, though. What is odd is everyone had hyper-realistic eyes. Very detailed. Clearly not shots of real people's eyes, but something a bit more real than CGI. The pupils were red. Some of us looked at each other, obviously confused, but since we weren't the writers, we didn't question its appeal to children yet. The shot goes to Squidward sitting on the edge of his bed, looking very forlorn. The view out of his portful window is of a night sky, so it isn't very long after the concert. The unsettling part is that at this point there is no sound, literally no sound, not even the feedback from the speakers in the room. It's as if the speakers were turned off, though their status, status showed them working perfectly. He just sat there blinking in the silence for about 30 seconds. Then he started to sob softly. He put his tentacles over his eyes and cried quietly for a full minute or more. All the while, a sound in the background very slowly growing from nothing to barely audible. It sounded like a slight breeze through a forest. The screen slowly begins to zoom in on his face. By slow, I mean it's only noticeable if you look at the shots 10 seconds apart side by side. His sobbing gets louder, more full of hurt and anger. The screen then twitches a bit, as if it twists in on itself. For a split second, the back, for a split second then back to normal. The wind through the trees sound gets slowly louder and more severe, as if a storm is brewing somewhere. The eerie part is this sound, and Squidward's sobbing sounded real, as if the sound wasn't coming from the speakers, but as if the speakers were holes, the sound was coming through from the other side. As good a sound as the studio likes to have, they don't purchase the equipment to be that good to produce sound, quali sound of that quality. Below, the sound of the wind and sobbing, very faint, something sounded like laughing. It came at odd intervals and never lasted more than a second, so you had a hard time pinning it. We watched this, this show twice, so pardon me if things sound too specific, but I've had time to think about them. After 30 seconds of this, the screen blurred and twitched violently, and something flashed over the screen, as if a single frame was replaced. The lead animator editor... Er, the lead animation editor paused and rewound frame by frame. What we saw was horrible. It was a still photo of a dead child. He couldn't have been more than six. Ew. He he was laying on some pavement that was probably a road. The most upsetting part was that there was a shadow of the photographer. There was no crime tape, no evidence tags or markers, and the angle was completely off for a shot designed to be evidence. It would seem the photographer was the person responsible for the child's death. 
We were, of course, mortified, but pressed on, hoping that it was a, just a sick joke. Okay, so this is Sandy talking. But <laughs> if you were to see that, and look, I left out the really graphic details okay, of yeah. this photo. But if you were to see that, why would you be like, oh, I hope this is a sick joke. Let's keep going. Like, wouldn't you just shut it off immediately? Because I would. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I would probably, but to be fair, um, I've been watching a lot of videos about, uh, like, some forums on, like, not just the dark web, but even on Reddit and stuff, and people get, like, such a thrill out of watching super messed up stuff. It's gross. That is true. Also, please send me a link to those videos because I've been looking for some spooky content. Okay. They are, (laughs) they will mess up your entire life. But yeah, sure. I'm down. Okay. But I mean, like, also, these are people working on a kid's show, though. Like, they're not just people scrolling through, like, these weird, like, subreddits. But I don't know. I mean, maybe at the time it's, like, super shocking. You can't move and. Yeah, I think think that has to do with it, too, is, like, people just, like, don't believe what's in front of their eyes, right? Yeah. So it could very well be that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, back to the story. The screen flipped back to Squidward, still sobbing, louder than before, and half-body in frame. There was now what appeared to be blood running down his face from his eyes. The blood was also done in hyper-realistic style, looking as if you touched it, you'd get blood on your fingers. The wind sounded now, as if it were that of a gale blowing through the forest. There were even snapping sounds of branches, the laughing, a deep baritone lasted at longer intervals, and coming more frequently. After about twenty seconds, the screen again twisted and showed a single framed photo. The editor was reluctant to go back. We all were, but he knew he had to. This time the photo was that of what appeared to be a little girl no older than the first child. I had to choke back vomit, and one intern, the only female in the room, ran out. The show resumed. About five seconds after this second photo played, Squidward went silent, as did all sound, like it it was when the scene started. He put his tentacles down, and his eyes were now done in hyper-realism like the others were in the beginning of this episode. They were bleeding, bloodshot, and pulsating. He just stared at the screen as if watching the viewer. After about ten seconds, he started sobbing, this time not covering his eyes. The sound was piercing and loud, and most fear-inducing of all is his sobbing was mixed with screams. Tears and blood were dripping down his face at a heavy rate. The voice came back, and so did the deep-voiced laughing. And this time, the still photo lasted for a good five frames. The animator was able to stop it at the fourth and backed up. This time, the photo was of a boy about the same, but this time the scene was different. The five frames were not as if they were five different photos. They were played out as if they were frames from a video. We saw a hand slowly lift into frame, and we saw the child's eyes focus on it. We even saw two frames of the kid beginning to blink. The lead sound editor told us to stop. He had to call in the creator to see this. Mr. Hillenberg, rest in peace, arrived within about (laughs) 15 minutes. 
He was confused as to why he was being called down there, so the editor just continued the episode. Once the few frames were shown, all screaming, all sound again stopped. Squidward was just staring at the viewer, full frame of the face, for about three seconds. The shot quickly panned out, and that deep voice said, do it, and we see in in Squidward's hands is a shotgun. He immediately puts the gun in his mouth and pulls the trigger. Realistic blood splatters the wall behind him and his bed, and he flies back with force. The last five seconds of the episode show his body on the bed. Then the episode ends. Mr. Hillenburg is obviously angry at this. He demanded to know what the hell was going on. Most people left the room at this point, so it was just a handful of us to watch it again. Viewing the episode twice only served to imprint the entirety of it in my mind and caused me horrible nightmares. I'm sorry I stayed. The only theory we could think of was the file was edited by someone in the chain from the drawing studio to here. The CTO was called to analyze uh, when it happened. The analysis of the file did show it was edited over by new material. However, the timestamp of it was a mere 24 seconds before we began viewing it. All the equipment involved was examined for foreign software and hardware as well as glitches, as if the timestamp may have glitched and showed the wrong time, but everything checked out fine. We don't know what happened, and to this day nobody does. There was an investigation due to the nature of the photos, but nothing came of it. No child scene was identified, and no clues were gathered from the data involved, nor physical clues in the photos. I never believed in unexplainable phenomena before, but now that I have something happen and can't prove anything about it beyond anecdotal evidence, I think about things twice. Uh, yeah. That was fucking wild. Yeah. So, yeah. Um... And I don't remember what year it was, but I did see it in a Shane Dawson video. And I didn't believe him because I'm like, there's no fucking way. But in one of the newer SpongeBob episodes, and this is bef- like after any of us, like this was after like when we stopped watching SpongeBob. Yeah. There was, and after the story came out, like a long time after, there was yeah. uh, an episode called Are You Happy Now? And it centers around Squidward being depressed. And through the show, you see the weirdest fucked up imagery. So mm-hmm. there's this one where Squidward goes, maybe this will make me happy. And then you see him, like, pulling a rope down from, like, some mm-hmm. like his ceiling. And it looks like it's going to be a noose, but then it's, like, a bird in a, or, like, a scallop in a cage or whatever. Then it's like, oh, maybe this will make me feel better. And he sticks his head in an oven, but then pulls out a plate or like a tray of burnt cookies. Mm-hmm. And then when Shane Dawson talked about it, I thought he was joking. So I looked it up and I watched it and I'm like, this is messed up. And I'm kind of wondering if that was inspired from this story. Yeah. Makes you wonder, right? Yeah. Yeah, like that Are You Happy Now episode is insane. I can't believe that. It's like a children's show. And I know, like, I, like I'm okay I, with kind of pushing the, like, like I'm okay with that. Like, you know, in the 90s, there was some pretty fucked up shit. We used to watch pretty fucked up shit. Yeah. But, like, that imagery is, like, you can't deny what it is. So, yeah, I was also very shocked to see that. I mean, honestly, like, like, you're, 
like the Powerpuff Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember the episode with? I think it's a mime. The one where the clown, like, lost all his colors, and then he sucked the color out of everything? Yes, but, like, was it him or the magician? Whoever got stuck in that box that killed him. Might have been the magician. Okay, yeah, the one with the magician. And he liked that girl or whatever? But then... yeah. He got yes. He went into the spiky box and it killed him. Yeah. And then he became evil, or whatever. Kate, like that imagery sticks with me even to this day. Like it freaked me out when I was young, and I couldn't imagine like, like probably same thing with some of the Squidward stuff, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like do you? There's like that one episode where that like. The still in Powerpuff Girls, but where him, he possesses Bubbles' toy. Yeah. Like, that's fucked up. <laughs> this is yeah. why we like horror so much. It's the not Power our fault. Girls. <laughs> Among yeah, other things. Much. Yeah. <laughs> like Courage, the Cowardly Dog. Yeah, that too. That, that show, show so much stuff. The show used to screw the hell out of me, but I loved watching it, and I don't know why, because it terrified me every time. Yep. Um, I know I love going online and looking at all these, like, old, um, like, things about the, what they got away with, with putting in, um, children's shows and stuff. Yeah. I love looking up this stuff now. And seeing, like, all the secrets. Like, all the Disney movies that have very, uh, phallic imagery. (laughs) I mean, I'm into it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Some some parents don't like it, but I'm like, what's the fun, though? Like, I think it's just funny because people make such a big deal out of it when yeah. no one actually notices this stuff. Yeah. Subliminal messaging and Satan and all that shit. Oh, yeah. Ugh. It's interesting. The theories people come up with. Okay, Sandy, are you ready for something from my own childhood? You bet I am. I'm gonna open the window. I'm in um, my bathroom right now because all of the other rooms in my house are occupied by someone. And it's very hot in here. Yeah, I believe it. Um, it's been, like, so hot out here. Like, what's the weather been like where you are? It's been really hot, too. And, yeah. like, we live close to the ocean, so it's humid. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's nice, <clears throat> but very hot. Mm-hmm. It was, like, 32 or 34 degrees today, and it's been raining so much that it's also very humid here. Yeah. Kind of, it sucks. I hate humidity. <laughs> like, outside, I don't like when it feels like you're in a sauna. It drives me nuts. <laughs> um, okay, so I want to talk about... What? I'm like, I'm so hot, I should have grabbed a Rattler. (laughs) Okay, so, um, I want to talk about the Lavender Town Syndrome. Fuck yeah. Do you know what this is? Oh yeah. Awesome. I love it. Very familiar. Yes. So, 
The Lavender Town Syndrome. So this was a peak of suicides and illnesses in children between the ages of 7 and 12, shortly after the release of the Pokemon Red and Green video games in Japan back in February of 1996. Uh, so I had, well, I had the remake of Pokemon Red, not the original. I had the one for Game Boy Advance. But Lavender Town was my favorite place. You want to know why? Why? Ghosts. I love ghosts. Me too. So like it was the haunted town in Pokemon and then you could go there and there was that's where all the ghost Pokemon were and I like ghost Pokemon. So I liked Lavender Town. And one of my favorite things about Lavender Town was the music. Um, it, I like honestly, my favorite Pokemon uh, little theme is from Lavender Town, to the point where, in when I got Animal Crossing, I named my town Lavender, and my brother went and changed the music tone at the. You could change like your town's theme. Uh-huh. He went and he made it the Lavender Town one for me. Aww. He like recreated it. It was cool. I'm pretty sure he did. I might have did it. Who knows? <laughs> I'll give my brother credit this time. Sure. Um, so rumors say that these suicides and illnesses only occurred after the children played uh, the these Pokemon games and reached, well, Lavender Town. And it was after they heard the music that had extremely high frequencies. And studies showed that only children and young teens could hear the frequencies since their ears are more sensitive. Which I believe is a proven fact that once you get older, you can't hear certain tones. Yeah. Um, so, due to the lavender tone, at least 200 children supposedly committed suicide and many more developed illnesses and afflictions. The children who committed suicide usually did so by hanging or jumping from heights. And those who did not act rationally complained of severe headaches after listening to the Lavender Town's theme. Um, although Lavender Town now sounds differently depending on the game, this mass hysteria was caused by the first Pokemon game released. After the Lavender Tone incident the programmers had fixed the theme song to a lower frequency um and since then children are no longer affected by it but one video appeared in 2010 using quotation special software to analyze the audio of the music theme lavender town's theme song and when played the software could create images of uh, what were the Pokemon called unknown? So um, the unknown are Pokemon that they look like letters, so you could like literally spell out words. Um, and what was kind of interesting about this is that the unknown weren't like this game came out in 1996, but the unknown weren't introduced to the Pokemon universe until uh, I believe it was 2001 in the second third Pokemon movie? No. Second Pokemon movie. Um, Pokemon 2000. 
I'm just saying this off the top of my head, so I could totally be wrong. That's but um, it's 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 the one with Ente. <laughs> um, it was. Oh, was it Pokemon Three? Oh my god. I'm pretty sure it was the third Pokemon movie. Gosh on it. Whatever. Someone email me. Yeah, um, so anyway, they weren't even introduced until like at least four years after uh, the games came out. So it was um, interesting that they could even be in the game. And um, the unknown, which like these images translated to leave now. Spooky. Um, so yeah, apparently they like revised the game so that you can no longer hear these uh, high-pitched noises that told children to go and hurt themselves. Um, yeah, so here are some more things that are said to be in the um, game as well. So we have the white hand sprite, uh, known in the code as withand.gif, gif, dot gif. This was scripted to appear as a Pokemon on the third floor of Lavender Town. It is divided into four separate animations and introduction. So the cry, a Pokemon unleashes before battle, an idol, and two attacks. These attacks are unknown as they are listed simply as fist and brutal. While viewing the animation has been proven to be hazardous, viewing the frames of the model has been proven to have no adverse effects. The white hand is depicted as a shriveled, slightly decayed hand with a surprising attention to detail. Flesh is peeling back from the bone and several tendons dangle realistically out of the wrist. The first attack is the hand falling into a fist, then swinging forward. However, the brutal animation is missing several frames. The hand seems to open up and then cuts out. After a few seconds, it reappears, closing again. No record has been found of the missing frames. Um, so yeah, this is one of the Pokemon quotations because it's a floating gross hand that is said to be in Lavender Town. Uh, then we have the ghost animation, which was coded as dot. SWF was intended to be placed in several areas throughout the tower, including the center of a path on the second floor. However, players cannot interact with it, leaving many to believe that it was intended as a background feature. The ghost animation as well must be viewed in individual frames. It is comprised of 59 frames total. However, after extraction, around half of these frames have been revealed to be the standard ghost model used in Pocket Monsters, which is like old Pokemon. <laughs> Around a quarter of the remaining frames are compromised of static to produce a fading effect. However, interspersed, there's a lot of howevers, hey? Interspersed with these bursts of static are several frames of screaming faces, along with images of a skeletal man in a cloak, hypothesized to be the Grim Reaper, and of several killed corpses. The meaning behind these are unknown, while under oath, before the Video Games Commission Board, led lead programmer Hisashi Sigobe, Sigobe, I don't know, some name, <laughs> testified as to having no knowledge as to where these images surfaced. Out of all the phenomena associated with 
Lavender Town Syndrome, this animation is the most speculated on. In his thesis, Video Game and the Manipulation of the Human Mind, Dr. Jackson Turner argued that the images are intentionally placed in. Due to their brief time appearing on the screen, the graphic nature of the frames, Turner theorizes that these were meant to subliminally influence players into becoming more frightened by the disturbing surroundings. And then lastly, there's the buried alive model. So often referred to as its code, the Buryman script. The buried alive model was to be found on the final story of the Pokemon Tower in what has now been replaced with the Marowak ghost. Uh, according to the scripts assigned to it, the buried alive model was intended to be the boss of the tower. tower. Once reaching the top floor, the following conversation would have taken place. Buried alive. You're here. I'm trapped. And I'm lonely. So very lonely. Won't you join me? After this, the battle would have been initiated. Once in battle view, the buried alive model appeared to have to be a decaying human corpse attempting to crawl out of the ground. Yeah, this is supposed to be like in a Pokemon game and it's like a dead body. <laughs> like a zombie person. <laughs> it has been programmed to have two white ha- hands, a Gengar, two white hands, a Gengar and a Muck. Oh, okay. That's like it's, um, it's Pokemon team. Oh, okay. Two of the white hands that were from before a Gengar, which is a ghost Pokemon, and then a Muck, which is a big pile of slime Pokemon. <laughs> uh, strangely, strangely enough, a protocol for the Buried Alive's actions after it was defeated were not written. In the case of the player defeating him, the game would freeze. However, a specific ending was written by an unknown programmer upon losing the battle. In this ending, the Buried Alive was to have stated, Finally, fresh meat, followed by several lines of gibberish. He was to then drag the player into the ground surrounding him. The scene would finish with a typical game over screen, however, in the background, an image of the buried alive character devouring the player would have been shown. Especially strange are the protocols for after the scene. The cartridge was to download this image to a small internal memory contained in the Game Boy, overriding the title screen that normally accompanied a Game Boy turning on. Instead, whenever it was started, the player would view this image as the sound file's static mesh.wave was played. The intended purpose for this effect, unlike many of the other factors leading towards Lavender Town Syndrome, is unknown. So, some more spooky things that seem to have popped up in this um, supposed Pokemon Lavender Town conspiracy. Um... And yeah, there are some conspiracies around this too, like, people believe that, uh, there was just, like, that the, um, Lavender Town Syndrome was a cover-up story for, from the Japanese police for, like, this mass suicide among, like, young kids. Okay. Um, that happened to ha- like, kind of fall onto the same days as when the Pokemon game was released. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, so here's, like, kind of a ex- 
kind of a part of an article from back then. So it says, during the first few days of the release of Pokemon Red and Green in Japan back in February Back on February 27th of 1996, a peak of deaths appeared in the age group of 10 to 15. The children were usually found dead through suicide, usually by hanging or jumping from heights, which we already talked about. Um, however, some of them were odd. A few cases recorded children who had began sawn off their limbs, others sticking their faces inside the oven and choked themselves on their first on their fists, shoving their own arms down their throat. Sorry, I guess mine's a lot more graphic than yours. <laughs> I didn't cut out the graphic stuff. I'm sorry, Sandy. I mean, the stuff I cut out, I would say, is a little, like, more graphic than okay. that. Okay. Okay. All right. So the few children who were saved before killing themselves showed sporadic behavior. When asked why they were going to hurt themselves, they only answered in chaotic screams and scratched at their own eyes. When showed what seemed to be the connection to this attitude, the Game Boy... They had no response, but when combined with either Pokemon Red or Green, the screams would continue and they would do their best to leave the room if it was... Or sorry, they would leave the, the room that they were in. This confirmed the author, authorities' suspicion that the game somehow had a connection to these children and the deaths. It was a strange case because many children who had the same games did not show this behavior, but only a few. The police had no choice but to pursue this since they had no other leads. Collecting the cartridges these children had purchased, they kept them sealed away as strong evidence to look over later. They decided the first thing to do was to talk to the programmers themselves. The first person they met was the director of the original game, Satoshi Tajiri. And when told about the death run in his game, he seemed slightly uneasy but admitted nothing. He led them to the main programmer of the game, the people responsible for the actual content. Uh, they also, or sorry, they met the main programmer of the game, um, Takenori Owata, uh, and, but he did not seem uneasy, explaining that it was impossible to use something like a game to cause such deaths, and also bringing up the point that not all the children were affected. Uh, finally, he did say something interested, interesting. Uh, he had heard of rumor going around that music for Lavender Town, one of the locations in the game, had caused some children to go ill. It was only a rumor. He had no real definite backup, but it was still something to look into. So he then directed the detectives to Junichi Musaba, Masada, Masuda, the com- music composer of the series. Um, he had also heard these rumors, but again, they had no evidence that his music was the cause. Uh-huh. And to prove a point, he played the exact song from the game completely through with no effects to anyone. So then they go back to look at the um, game cartridges again. Um, yeah. I'll just stop it there. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, like, there's a lot of controversies over the years with Pokemon. Like, um, there was this one episode that released where... There was a bunch of red and blue flashing. Oh, yeah. And it, like, caused... The infamous seizures. Yeah. It caused, like, hundreds and hundreds of children to have seizures in Japan. Because it was yeah. originally... It, it it would air first there. And then yeah. a few months later, it would come to North America. So, like, they had to edit that heavily. I don't even know... I don't even think they released that episode over here, though. 
because of it. I think they um, just it is really. I I know that you can get it in like a VHS form. It's yeah. just edited so that you don't get a seizure while watching it. <laughs> yeah. Um. There is. Uh, there's been lots of episodes that were deemed like not appropriate for American children audiences, but they had to like cut and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then like you know the whole association with Pokemon being like little demons and stuff. So that's why I wasn't allowed to watch it. Yeah. Because my my family, like my mom and my aunt, were like, no, those are monsters, and that's not okay. <laughs> Yeah. So, unfortunately, I was allowed to watch that along with anime. I just wasn't allowed to watch anime as a kid. That's so sad. I know. I feel like I missed out on a lot. You did, man. Anime was my life. So, shouts out to my mom for letting me watch anime as a child. (laughs) Probably a big mistake, but... I started watching anime in high school. Yeah. But that's about it. I don't have a huge history watching anime. Sorry, don't at me. (sighs) <sighs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Lots of lots of gory stuff today. Yeah. Like, can you believe that these kinds of things were, like, what we grew up with? I, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can't believe um, the creators of Spongebob made such a gruesome episode I know. And then, like, it wasn't even released. Like, Squidward kills himself. Could you imagine if they released that on TV? I mean, I hope they don't. Oh my god, with, like, some creator with a vendetta against children. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I heard it on Nickelodeon, and the producers of Nickelodeon didn't know what they were putting on TV. Well, that's why they have to watch it first. Yeah. Or whoever has the original copies of Pokemon Red. Like, watch out, you're gonna die. Is this why we're so messed up? Probably. Hmm. I mean, like I said, the Lavender Town theme song is, like, my favorite song Some for some reason. And growing up, Spongebob was my favorite cartoon. Yeah. That and the Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, the Powerpuff Girls was such a good show. I know. But I should go rewatch it. Yeah. It's... That one's actually terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are your favorite cartoons? Let us know. That's like... Sandy, did you ever hear about that... Or, like, watch that one cartoon about uh, the pirates? Which one? It was, like, Pirate's Cove. You mean Candle Cove? Is it Candle Cove? I don't know, but there's a story about it. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The uh, creepy pasta. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to lead us into the part where uh, we tell our audience that these are just a bunch of creepy pastas. I mean, I think that they all knew these are uh, creepy should, pastas. They're they not should real. know. They should know. There My is mom no will... episode where Squidward Yeah. <laughs> Just where he's really depressed and contemplates it, apparently. Yeah, just that actual episode where he but contemplates hey, in that, it. In that episode, Spongebob is very concerned for his friend. And 
he's doing everything he can to show Squidward that life is full of happy moments and happy times and that he will be happy again. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> kind of unlike, a messed up show, but... Unlike the creepypasta where Spongebob was just booing at him. But Spongebob <laughs> would never do that to his friend. No, Spongebob is better than that. Um, yeah. Uh, these are creepypastas to my mom, who probably doesn't know what creepypastas are. Uh, they're just, like, internet hoaxes that you people creepypasta write. me, an intellectual, Fiorichini Afredo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like how, what should I just call it? Spooky macaroni? Yeah. Or something? I was like, what kind of spooky macaroni are you doing? <laughs> um... Well, to be honest, like, I have totally been fooled by creepypastas before. Like, when I first read this, like, again, in high school, I didn't know that creepypastas were fake. Yeah. And I just read all of them, just thinking all of these things happened and all of these things are real, including Squidward's suicide. <laughs> um, I remember, I think my first encounter with... Well, actually, my first one was probably the Lavender Town Syndrome. I... I remember being at my lake and for some reason like I came across it and like reading the wiki page for it mm-hmm. and I was like oh my god people listen to like Lavender Town and then they died um and like I told my brother and I told my mom about it and like we all believed it and then eventually like I found out that it was a creepypasta and I was like oh okay like, when I was first introduced to creepypastas, they were all lost episode creepypastas. Oh, so yeah. So, Squidward's Suicide is the first creepypasta I ever read. And then there was, like, the Edit and Eddie lost episode. And there's, like, the Rugrats Theory, which I yeah. hate. And, like, yeah, Candle Cove. Like, I was really into yeah. all of those lost episodes. There was, like, a Max and Ruby lost episode and oh everything. Oh, my gosh. And I just assumed, these are all real. <laughs> I, I yeah. mean, in, in hindsight, I'm like, Why? Why did I believe that first? But I was a 15-year-old. Oh, exactly. Like, I really like the Candle Cove one. That one has stuck with me because that's something I do a lot is, like, think about old shows I used to watch. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm like, was that a real show or did I make that up? So, yeah, that one was really creepy. Yeah. Um. Actually, also... before we recorded this, I was just, like, reading up on all these old creepy pastas I used to like reading. Mm-hmm. Um another one that like got me the first time I came across it was the Russian experiment. The Russian it's, sleep experiment. I never knew that was creepy pasta, but I also never knew what that story was. I would follow all of these horror blogs on Tumblr and they'd always post about them. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what that is. And I'd go to read it, but it'd be super long. And I'm like, I'm just not committed to this long story right now. And I never knew what it was until that episode of And That's Why We Drink, where M fooled Christine and Christine thought it was real. Like, I actually didn't know what it was. Like, I eventually I knew it was creepypasta. I knew it wasn't real. Like, I knew it wasn't real by the time I heard that episode. But I didn't actually know the story. Mm -hmm. So thanks, M. Yeah, that one, I read it on Tumblr, oh my gosh, it was it was super late at night, and I was sleeping in the basement, for whatever reason, I don't know, but I came across it on Tumblr, super late at night, of course, in my creepy basement, and I read the whole thing, um, 
and like I was so freaked out because I thought it was real when I first read it and I think it took me a while to figure out or find out that it was fake but it just sounds so real well that's the thing with creepypastas like especially like posting them on reddit or whatever there's like the rules on the subreddit where it's like you're basically role playing right so every story that comes up you have to respond to it as if it's real yeah that's true and I think that's what me not reading the rules of subreddits, I was just like, mm. oh my god, all of these people are like commenting about how real this is. That's crazy. I love it. That's so interesting. Um, but yeah, creepy pastas are the best kind of pasta. They used to scare like the hell out of me. Like I could not fall asleep. Now I can because I know they're fake. And to be honest, I kind of missed the thrill of reading one super late and not and being so freaked out that I think about yeah. it all night. That's so true. Like, do you remember when back when Hotmail was a thing? Did you ever get spam mails that were like not even spam mails, but like just forwards from friends and it was things like keep your uh, internet browsing private or else like this person's gonna come to your house or like a story about like a little girl who um didn't forward this email yeah. and now she's dead and stuff like that Kids like today we'll never we'll never know yeah they'll never experience that but like as a kid i like that stuff actually freaked me out yeah same mm-hmm. okay well if you have any favorite creepypastas or even real stories that are well, and you know what? Honestly, if you want to tell us a story and try to scare us, please do. You can email it, uh, email us at thewoodspodcast at gmail.com. Or you could tag us in any creepypasta on Instagram at thewoodspodcast. Uh, tweet us or DM tweet us some uh, good old links to some creepypastas. At, uh, you can find our handle, the woods. No, it's not the woods. It is... Woods Podcast on Twitter. Just and, Woods Podcast, oh. not the Woods that was yeah. taken. It was, unfortunately. We were very upset. Yeah. Anyways, we'd like to thank Jason Shaw for our theme, Running Waters. Yes. Okay, thank you. Uh, have a great week, guys. Bye.